0: The Pre-Med Years, session number 185. Hello and welcome to the two-time Academy Award-nominated podcast, The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your pre-med success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome back to the pre-med years. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. I am glad you are here. Today we have an awesome guest that is going to share his story of coming from a teacher and uh, working in education for nine years before starting medical school. He's uh, now a medical student as we're recording this and he's got a lot of awesome stuff that he wants to do in the future but he has a great story of his path to medicine and I hope that he can encourage you and motivate you as you're struggling on your journey trying to figure out what it is that you want struggling to know if this is the right move for you. Let's go ahead and welcome Brian to the show. Brian, thanks for joining me here at the pre-med years. How are you doing today?
1: Thanks for having me, Ryan. I'm doing great. And uh, um, you know, it was great to be able to meet you and um, share my, my quote-unquote wisdom, uh, depending how loosely you use the term with everyone. But, uh, but thank you for having me.
0: Hopefully, we'll get one good nugget out of the interview today.
1: Well, uh, I'll do my best.
0: All right. So what, let's start with where you currently are in your journey
1: so I am a, uh, newly minted fourth year medical student. Um, and, uh, I go to Brown. Um, and you know, it's, it's, um, it's a bit surreal, you know, cause I'm trying to sort of figure out at this point, like, how am I going to go forward with my medical career? And, and, um, you know, just thinking back over how, how I sort of got to this place. Um, it's, it's been quite a journey. So, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, a, a fourth-year student
0: at Brown. So, obviously, you've done something right on your path to medical school. Being a student at Brown, obviously, a great medical school. Let's start. I guess let's let's do a big rewind and and go back to to when you first realized you wanted to be a physician.
1: Okay, um, sure. I so I actually did not really have any interest at all in medicine when I was in college and after college I I was a chem major and, and worked as a little while as a medicinal chemist for big pharma and thought that that was sort of the, the path that I was going to go down. I I actually really enjoyed that experience. And I was told that you really, unless you have sort of a graduate degree, then you are kind of stuck. Um, There's a, you know, there's a very well defined glass ceiling. So, um, so I went to graduate school and, um, I didn't. It took me a little while to figure it out, but I, I just, um, there was just something about the experience that just wasn't working for me. I was, um, it's a lot of solitary work, and um, and over time, I just came to realize that that I did not want to spend the rest of my life staring at the back of a fume hood. I guess we'll we'll put it that way. Um, so after, uh, so I, I, when I, um, I got I got my master's degree and then left graduate school and um, you know, ended up, uh, trying to figure out what I was going to do with myself. And I guess more immediately how I was going to put food on the table.
0: <laughs> that's, that's an important thing.
1: <laughs> and, um, keep the lights on and so forth. And, um, so I, you know, I'd done some teaching when I was in graduate school and I thought like, Hey, that's, you know, I kind of enjoyed that. Um, and so it, and it was really just initially supposed to temper it was really a, thought about it as being like a temporizing measure so I could give myself a chance to catch my breath and decide what, you know, how the heck am I going to, what am I going to do with myself? What do I want to be when I I grow up and so forth? And, um, so that was nine years. It was nine years, uh, and turned into this nine year, um, I guess career, if you want to call it, um, and, um, but I didn't, so when, how medicine got into this, um, was that I, um, had also done, started, sort of working, um, as, you know, in a volunteer position as a, as in EM for the fire department, in EMS and, uh, for a fire department. And I, I think right away, I kind of knew that that was, I, I wanted to go down the medical route, I guess we'll we'll put it that way. Um, and I, I, you know, if it weren't for that experience, I'm not sure. Um, I, I, there's a good chance I would have ended up probably teaching for the rest of my life. And you know, I had a very um, really enjoyed my teaching career and was teaching in a really wonderful place and um, with really great coworkers and, um, and I lo- really liked the students. And, um, but, but, you know, as I had sort of got more experience in EMS, I think I, I realized that there, there was, that that was sort of, that was sort of it. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm he- <laughs> that I'm That's hes- what
0: scratched your itch
1: more. Exactly. I, yeah. I'm hesitant to use the, the, The the phrase calling because I feel like it's so over you know, it's so can be so cliche sometimes, but um, but that was kind of how why I started or how I started thinking about it. Um, and I thought about paramedic school for a while, um, and then I thought about either nursing or PA school and had family friends that told me, um, you know, if you're not married, you don't have kids, you may as well just (laughs) see, see if you can get into med school, you know, or you know, not. Not that those obviously preclude you from going to medical school, but just the sense that it makes things a little bit easier to uproot yourself and yeah. move wherever the fates may end up depositing you. you know? I, so
0: I want to go back. You, you, you're talking about being a teacher here, and, and maybe I missed it, but not many teachers I know go out in moonlight as EMS providers. What, what was that trigger that said, I want to go that- do something else?
1: Okay. Um so I I initially uh when I actually when I was still in grad school had gone on a a canyoneering trip and um it just was a disaster. <laughs> the whole trip was kind of a disaster. Um it just things kept going wrong and and you know, we were running out of food and and so th- anyway, to make a long story short, at the end of the trip, I last day I kind of stood up and um just passed out and um it, it, it apparently i you know was having sort of like tonic clonic like seizure like movements which you know I, it's now sort of now that i know maybe a tiny bit about about medicine it, it sounded it was probably just a vase va- a vasovagal syncope and um you know which is usually not that big of a deal in a young person you know but i of course i didn't i had no Idea at the time that was the case, and you know that it's frightening. And um, when you don't know what's going on, and and the people I was with, no one really knew. I didn't know what to do. People I was with didn't really know what to do, and I it just there were you know it just did not. I did not want to be in that position again where no one had any idea what to do. So I, um, a couple years after that, so sorry, leapfrogging a couple years ahead when I was teaching. Um, I. Took a um, a wilderness EMT course, and um, w- which was you know one of the nice things is that there's a little bit of time in the summer that not as much time as everyone thinks I'll, I'll say but a little bit of time in the summer and you know, I was teaching when I when school was in session to sort of um, you know do be able to do things for extended periods of time. So it was kind of a, it, they, they sort of squeezed the EMT course into a month and it was taught in Yosemite. And, you know, it was, it was sort of like the standard urban EMS course, EMT course, but also with other stuff added in. And um, and that, and I knew, then I was like, this is this is really cool. You know, this is, it sort of opened my eyes to doing something in the medical field, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I knew that if it was kind of just going to be a, a quick Sort of one and done thing. If I didn't find some way to practice the skills, and um, so that's, I started looking for you know maybe some volunteer opportunities where I, so I wouldn't forget everything, and that's kind of how um, the the EMS thing got started. Yeah.
0: Okay. It's, Very interesting. So, so you 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 have this exposure to EMS. You talked about the the thought about going to paramedic school and kind of this PA route and and you have these external voices saying become a doctor become a doctor become a doctor <laughs> why didn't that ever enter your mind on your own or maybe it did and you just said there's there's no way
1: um, you know I think um, I think when I was in college uh, you know I, I, I I, maybe I shouldn't say I had no thoughts about it. I did consider it because um, I liked, you know, being around people, as cliche as that may sound, and, you know, I liked science, also maybe somewhat cliche, but I just really didn't, looking at what was required and, you know, I just didn't, that, and then I just didn't really feel like I wanted to be around sick people uh, for the rest of my life, I <laughs> guess. To, <laughs> and Uh-oh. um Yeah, I, but, of course, that was kind of a... a, a you know, I guess hindsight being twenty twenty, it was kind of a foolish decision because now that I think about it, I really had no exposure to sick people. So it was a bit, you know, I I wonder if that was a bit premature of me or I feel like it was a bit premature of me to make that decision without having any exposure. You know, it's one thing to do have, get, sort of get your feet wet and be like, this is not for me. And it's another thing to sort of, I guess, reach that that conclusion. And then, you know, it's sort of, you know, a lot of, people i think in their that 17 18 year old mindset you know think they know a lot more than they actually do and that was certainly my my i would definitely say i'm i was guilty of that so
0: mm-hmm.
1: i think it was a it was sort of a premature decision without having any exposure to it and um and and it didn't help that i felt like a lot of the people who were um making the most noise about wanting to do that uh, you know i just Trying to think what the right way is to say it. I, I, d- there just seemed to be something about the people that I was like, this is not, um, these are not my people. You know, the, just, um, I, I'm trying to think what the best ways to say it. I, I just didn't feel like a lot of the people who were, you know, who later on I found out did not end up, you know going into medicine or pursuing any kind of medical career. I, you know, I just didn't think those are the people I wanted to be around, I yeah. guess we'll put it that way.
0: Yeah. So, so you didn't like pre-med students.
1: Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, was try, I was trying just to just say it, yeah. just say it. It just was not. Yeah. Um,
0: that's all right. It, the, the type of the, the student that's listening to this right now is not that type of pre-med student.
1: I understood, understood. And, um, um, you know, and I, it, we, we, talked before I feel like we're you know we're on the same wavelength about that and uh, you know but again a a bit of a foolish decision on my part to let that that wasn't the major reason why but it didn't help and um because you know I feel like looking back on my experience it's just you really have to just do you know you have to sort of strike out and on your own in some sense in some senses and have this goal like going into medicine and just kind of you know, forget what other people, you know, d- decide that you're going to do this in the way that comports with your personality. Um, mm-hmm. I feel, I feel like that was an important part of my journey. It was just realizing that I was going to, there were three reasons I wanted to do this and I was going to sort of do my best to say, stay true to those motivations, I suppose.
0: Yeah. So y- you, you obviously are now a medical student. you, go from this experience of of being a, a, an EMS person you're you've been a teacher you said for what nine years you, f- you were a former undergrad chemistry major what was that that period between when you said okay I'm gonna go for this and when you got your acceptance what was the biggest struggle for you
1: um, I well I Without a doubt, hands down, I think the hardest thing was that I, the first time I applied, I uh, did not get any interview invitations. And um, yeah, that was a real, real gut check. Um, because it, even just to get to that point, you know, I mean, I'd already, I, I sort of did a do it yourself post back. So while I was, Teaching, you know, sixty, seventy hours a week altogether is, you know, going to night school. You know, all this effort had, and you know, then studying for the MCAT. You know, in addition to trying to like keep life going, um, it was a huge disappointment. And 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 I think it was a good decision for me to sit down and think about: is this something I really want to do? Because, you know, it it's not easy. It's not an easy process. Um, not, it takes a lot of time and it's expensive and, you know, all those, those hoops or hurdles to jump over, I guess. And it, that was the hardest thing was for me to really sit down and, and think, is this something I really want to do? Especially because I thought I'd already been through that process where I had given a lot of thought to, um, is this what I want to do? You know, I was very happy in my teaching career. And, and, and as I said a few minutes ago, I could very easily have seen myself, doing that for the rest of my life and, and having a very, you know, really enjoying it. Um, do you, so do you think the,
0: do you think the root of that question of, is this really something I want to do? Was that, was the root of that really just self doubt?
1: I think that, I think that was part of it just because you have, you know, you, you sort of gather all this, um, all the effort and money and time that go into this, and then you send your, you know, you send your application off into the electronic ether, and it comes back with people saying no thanks, no thanks, no thanks, no thanks, you know, and, and it really, you know, you wonder, you know, what the heck happened? Like, what was it? You, you know, I let me just to be clear, like, I was under no um, illusion that, um, it, you know, just because it's so competitive, I didn't think. I didn't assume that I was going to get invitations anywhere to everywhere, excuse me. And I didn't assume that I was going to get in anywhere, you know? So there was always that, that possibility, but it just, um, it was just, you know, what the heck did I do wrong? I guess was the kind of, uh, the kind of thought process. So it, there was depth, but yeah, self-doubt I think was part of that for sure.
0: So you, you asked that question, what went wrong? What, what did go wrong? Why didn't you get any interviews the first time around?
1: Well, I think it, it sort of, and I guess mistake number one I, I would say I made in retrospect was just trying to go trying to go this route, trying to be too um, independent in doing it, and not seeking out re, you know resources that were available for me to seek advice from people that had been down this road before, and you know after I talked to some of those people, that the consensus seemed to be that it just was a well to whatever extent, you know, we can look in our crystal ball and say what happened. It, it was a largely a timing issue. It was kind of the feedback I got that, um, just things were not, you know, things were not sent in early enough. The ball didn't sort of get rolling early enough. And, and it really was, you know, and I thought back and I kind of really sat down and scrutinized the timeline. And it was really my, um, I had a particular, a letter of recommendation that, uh, of someone that I had worked with that I was, Really, thought would be a strong letter and I, and I kind of, everything was kind of in place except for that letter and I just made the mistake of kind of waiting for that to go in despite my like, you know, sort of badgering this person. Not badgering, I shouldn't say that. Don't badger people who write, <laughs> who are going to evaluate you, but, you know, you know reminding them and, and eventually did they get the letter in. But, you know, in retrospect, I think I should have just, or I definitely should have just sent everything in and, you know, the letter, because there's no one um, and unless someone tells you that you're, you know, the sort of worst human being or says you're the sort of worst human being ever to walk the face of the earth, there's no one part of this puzzle I think that is going to sink, you know, an application. And so I, I think I just got so invested in that letter and, and instead of just sending things in and being like, okay, well, you know, if I, I get the letter, that's great. If not, I just sort of got into this mindset of I better wait for it. Yeah. And, you know, as a result and like the Amcast that was delayed and then getting the verified. they so i i was told that that particular year the first time i applied there was um i think what that they 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 didn't have they had a real staffing shortage in terms of getting applications verified and so you know the people who i mean i know you know this but but the people who you know, sit there and look at your transcript, and then look at what you enter on Amcast for your courses, and like sit and match everything <laughs> up, and make sure you're basically not lying. You know, you're not trying to sell them a, a bridge that doesn't exist. There just weren't enough of those people, and so I, I mean, I think it took almost two months or uh, two two and a half months to get is, it verified.
0: Isn't which, that amazing that it's that's done manually?
1: I mean, I it is. I see the I see the point that it's like they're trying to make sure that people are not masquerading as something or not, but I. And I'm just thinking, like you know, there's kind of you know with OCR technology, whatever. There's got to yes. be a faster way to, t- to yeah. do it, than or, that.
0: or just have the schools electronically send, not even a, a picture of the transcript. Just send electronic transcripts to to AM, the double AMC. There's got to be, got to be some way.
1: You'd think, you'd, you'd think, think. <laughs> and I, I, it's it's funny you should say that because I had a similar um, sort of frustration when you know when I was writing. I think the only thing I as much as I said all of my teaching career, the thing I hated the most was writing college recommendation <laughs> letters because it just—I mean, it was it was an important part of the job, and I liked the feeling of being able to try and help my students achieve something that that their that their aim is. But it's kind of um, you know when I started, it was uh, nothing was even the common app was not electronic, and so it was just a, you know I think. The first year I wrote letters, I think I sent out 300-some-odd letters, not for 300 different students, but, you know, to all the different schools. And it was all, you know, hand um, stamping and stapling and copying in a clerical work. I mean, I actually sat down and, like, made it, kept logs of how much time it took, and it was, like, 250 hours. Um, And it just, it's the same kind of feeling. Like, can't, you know, and they they eventually did improve that, but it's like you'd think in this day and age that they'd be able to to find something quicker to... um, to get that squared away. But, you know, I mean, again, it's, there's sort of a supply and demand issue. There's a lot more people that want to pursue medicine than there are spots available. And so it's kind of the, sort of the balls in the AMC's court, so to speak. Yeah. Um, all
0: right. Um, so you were how old the, the second time that you applied to school?
1: I was 30. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to. I'd see. This is I, my mom calls a CRS, which is uh, <laughs> the the, fa- the family version is can't remember stuff. And yep. I, um, so I was. Thir- I'm 37 now. So 30, 34, 33, 33 34. Yeah. Three. Yeah. yeah when I, okay. I, I, second time around.
0: All right. So you're around 33. You've been teaching for a while. What. W- What role do you think that played in your applications and in your interviews being a non-traditional student?
1: Well, the first question, I think it was really important because the first question that um, people asked me and I went on interviews is why are you, which is a very legitimate question, by the way, is what, you know, you've been doing job X, career X for so long, like why are you all of a sudden making this decision to pursue medicine? And, And I think it was helpful you know, I had a story to tell and, and it wasn't, I mean, when I say that, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like it was contrived. It was just like here, you know, I just told people like, here's, here's the way it is. And here's how I got from step A to B. And I think, you know, particularly because it's becoming so common now for people to um, take quote unquote gap years or whatever, between college and going to medical school. Um, And um, I think that was important because it, 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 you know, I, I had something to tell them about the fact that I, Sort of know a thing or two about what it is to be in a service profession, um, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I think teaching and um, medicine. There's a, well, there's a lot of teaching in that goes on in medicine. There's I guess there's all that Venn diagram is a pretty <laughs> pretty substantial overlap. So um, I think that helped. You know, it really did, and it helped um, it, it, having a story to tell. I think was you, you know people. Told me in retrospect who you know I later talked to who had who had interacted with during the interview process so I think was was important.
0: Okay, that's that's good and, and I like that you use the word story because it's really what it comes down to. I I one of the things that I love doing is is working with non trads and helping them craft their story whether it's their personal statement or during during their mock interview prep because as a non trad. You have a very interesting story to tell it's just a matter of of telling it and figuring out what's the important things to tell and what really makes you glow when you start talking about it and it, it sounds like you you had that you found that, and it obviously worked for you
1: i agree hundred percent i mean that's really um, y- you know it's um to be able to tell explain to people i think i think in my humble opinion that that's really critical to be able to explain to people what it is that, that it, basically what you just asked me, you know, when we started is why, why do this, you know, particularly after having already spent time in a career. And and I don't even think it necessarily, you know, when I, I, so the term I think non-traditional student gets sort of thrown around a lot and I don't, um, I say, I wouldn't even say it has anything to do with age or, um, you know, I have a, I have a classmate for example, who, um, was a firefighter for for a couple of years, and he's you know he's much younger than I am, but it's I, I would say I would venture to say that you know when you a non traditional student is someone regardless of age who has already had sort of a career and then has changed careers, and I, I don't think that necessarily has to be a function of how much time you've spent in that career. So, yeah. um, you know, it, and it's it, especially I think also with as as I said a second ago with so many people taking gap years. Um, one or two gap years that it, it's I – th- I feel like in my – again, in my humble opinion, it's important to be able to, to as you said, to craft a – I don't want to say a narrative because that makes it sound like contrived, but um, just to tell that story of how how did you make this decision of um, deciding to pursue medicine because just because, you know, my, my parents are doctors or, you know, I really liked – so I'm showing my age here, but I really liked watching ER and TV um, or whatever um, or Grey's Anatomy or whatever the <laughs> – whatever people watch Um, you know i think that's important
0: yeah i agree
1: what was it like being a
0: 34 year old first year medical student
1: that that was a very (laughs) that's a difficult adjustment and i i think in a number of ways um it's you know, and I have some really great classmates I really like and admire, and and you know, but it's I think people are you're in a completely different stage in your life, I guess is a is a good way to say it, and you know you have different priorities, and because there's a lot of my classmates who you know are really great people, but um, it's medical school is essentially college part two for them, and you know, if you're if you've already if you're older and or have had another career already, it, it's sometimes hard to, I think, to make, to connect with people or is less to connect to, to people with, you know, it's just, again, you, I, I feel like I just, I'll speak for myself, just had a, a somewhat of a different mindset. Um, I think uh, it was also a big adjustment to go from, uh, from teacher to student again. And I, 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 uh, one of my, st- one of my students remarked to me that, so my, the summer after my first year of medical school, I went back to the school where I taught just to go to graduation and see my students who were graduate who I taught, see them walk for graduation. And one of them who I really liked, uh, the first first thing he said to me when I ran into him was, "You know, it must be nice, it must be interesting, it must must be nice to have um, your ass kicked," kind of like you know, instead of you have kicking everyone's <laughs> ass. <laughs> Tables are uh, turned huh? teach. And, yeah. And which was, you know, was really both funny and accurate. You know, that was, that was a bit of an adjustment. And, you know, I think, um, particularly the first two years, just learning or the first year, especially it was just learning how to study again, which sounds silly. Um, but to shift that that doing that gear shift, I think, made the first year pretty difficult for me, and and I think I was you know I was in a place where I didn't have any family, I really didn't know anyone, and um, th- that definitely made it harder. Um, I think, I feel like every year though has gotten better. Well, I don't know, I'm trying to think if that's the right word, but every year I feel like have I've enjoyed more yeah. and more and more, and I think you know the second year because it was. It seemed to be less of um, sort of trivia to digest, and more about like what what do people look like when they're sick, you know? And um, and then third year, then third year was um, it, I I felt like after the first, after I'd sort of gotten through the first year, I I and second year came around, I w- I was more convinced that this was the right thing for me to do, and certainly after third year. I mean, third year was kind of the. Um, that was really, it was very difficult, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it was easy, but it just was, I kind of realized this is what I, this is why I left all that behind and shifted gears and, you know, and, and so third year was, I think, really pivotal for me.
0: I would say that I had the exact same experience going through after taking several years off Then going back to school, trying to learn to be a student again. Uh, I I kind of was a teacher in my own right as a personal trainer, teaching other people to exercise. I was actually teaching at a personal training school, other personal trainers. Oh, wow. But Mm. the, the the, the same experience, every year it became clear to me that I was in it for the right reasons. And what we were doing every year was more exciting to me and, and I think that really made a huge difference
1: i couldn't i, I mean that's you said it a lot better than i did <laughs> you know, that's, that that was very much been my experience yeah. um so
0: awesome. What are your goals now moving forward
1: so after a a a sort of long or prolonged well not prolonged but sort of long deliberation period i i I think ultimately when I was trying to was thinking about specialty, I was trying to decide between it came down to between anesthesia and, and emergency medicine and it was kind of going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And, um, but I, you know, the plan is I'm, I'm going into, to EM now. So, um, and I actually, t- this is my last, this is the last week of my, my EM rotation. And, um, I, I definitely felt like I found my people, I guess, to, to <laughs> say it that way. <laughs> yes. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I think there, there, and I have to say, I didn't looking back on the third year, I didn't think there were any rotations that I really hated. I mean, obviously, there were parts of rotations that were less pleasant um, or more pleasant, as the case might be. But you know, we're really, it, and, there, and I'm not saying that that I mean, there's I have classmates that were like I loathed, you know, I hated medicine, and um, <laughs> or you know, or I, I you know I hated rounding, or yeah, um, and I and I can kind of you know I I, I see that and i think it's totally legitimate for people to realize there's things they don't like about something but there really isn't there wasn't any rotation i was like i just can't see myself doing it um so i really had to i think whereas people sort of halfway through year through third year seem to be putting their you know as one of my my professor said putting their nickel down and like deciding like this is what they wanted to do it took me a little longer to figure that out I guess. all right very
0: cool so, as, as we wrap up here, there's a pre med listening to this right now who is several years out from college and, and trying to find their path. Now that you are a successful fourth year medical student on your way to emergency medicine, what can you say hopefully. to Hopefully. <laughs> what, what can you say? Hopefully. What can you say to the pre med student who's doubting themselves, maybe like you doubted yourself?
1: I would say that I think having some self-doubt is healthy because I feel like it really helps you or help me really decide, you know, is this something I want to do because it's not a it's not a sort of a benign I mean I'm 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 not even at the end of the beginning of this process, I guess we'll we'll say it that way and and it it's a huge investment in like time and resources and financial you know, aspects. And, you know, if you have a family, or significant other or kids, like it's, it's, um, a huge undertaking. So, um, you know, really, I would say really make sure, you know, don't just make this decision on a whim, really sit down and think about it and ask yourself the tough questions. If this is, you think this is going to be experience that, or a, a career that you're going to want to pursue. However, once you've made that decision, um, you know, it's, you just, you really got to throw yourself into it, you know, and don't let other people, which is easier said than done. Don't let yourself, if you've really thought about that decision and you've made the decision, you're going to go into medicine. Don't let other people's cynicism and, um, you know, yeah, I would say that don't let other people's cynicism dissuade you from this. If it's really a decision that you thought well, hard about because, um, that's, if you've done that self-examination and you know that, in, which again is important because a life unexamined is a life unlived. But once you've made that decision that just to, to plow forward, you know, realize that you've made the right decision for yourself and to just, just keep, you know, keep your nose to the grindstone, I guess.
0: All right. You can find out more from that conversation at medicalschoolhq.net slash 185. We'll have a specific podcast There's a specific blog post for this podcast episode there. Again, medicalschoolhq.net slash 185. If you're listening to this and you don't yet subscribe, go to medicalschoolhq.net slash subscribe. If you're on your mobile device, it will automatically take you to the player of your device. So if you're on an iOS device, it'll take you to the podcast app. If you're on an Android device, it'll take you to the Google Play Music Store where you can subscribe to the show and get it free on your device every week when we release it. So I hope you go and do that if you aren't already subscribed. I do want to take one second and thank the amazing people that have left us ratings and reviews in iTunes. We have uh, so many new ones, and I appreciate all of you. We finally broke 400 five-star ratings in the U.S. iTunes store. I know that there are several more ratings in different iTunes stores out there from different countries, but I've been pulling the U.S.-based ones to read here. We have one from Darweezy who says, Love you guys. I definitely appreciate all that you do. I'm currently a CPA that has been on the fence on switching careers to medicine, utilizing your content I've decided that this will the this will be the path that I take. That's amazing and your background as a CPA will definitely come in handy. I'm sure you will get a lot of friends asking for some financial advice as you all go on your journey to becoming a physician. We also have one from Zazaqua, Z A Z A Q W. Thank you for an impossible name to pronounce. It says, this review was long overdue. I've spent the last couple of months going through the backlog of episodes and I only have positive words to describe it. Thank you for that review. We have another one here from Daniel Ricks. Thank you, Daniel, for having a normal name. It says, I am proud to support this podcast with a five-star review. Doctors Gray are changing medicine for good by changing the mindset of the next generations. That is... An awesome review. Thank you so much for that. That's exactly what we're trying to do here at the pre-med years. So thank you for recognizing that and thank you for the review. We got one more here from Laura S. Holmes. It says, I can't even begin to express how grateful I am to have discovered this podcast. I was a pre-med student whose academic career was derailed early on due to a series of challenges and unfortunate circumstances. As an aside, I'm not reading the review anymore. We've heard that story time and time again here on this podcast. You can overcome early challenges, unfortunate circumstances, and still go on and fulfill your dream of becoming a physician. Laura goes on to say, I left school and worked for several years as the receptionist of an accounting firm. With the passage of time, I began to feel that my lifelong dream of becoming a doctor was no longer feasible. But a year or so ago, I decided that I could never forgive myself for giving up. So I left the accounting firm and got a job as a medical scribe. I also just registered for classes this summer. I know I have a long journey ahead of me, but this podcast has been an instrumental component in the progress I've made thus far. Awesome. Good luck on your journey, Laura. I hope we can tell your story soon here on the podcast as well. So I look forward to to keeping in touch with you. As you continue your journey, please reach out and let us know how you're doing. If you would like to leave us, if you would like to leave us a rating interview, MedicalSchoolHQ.net/itunes is where you can go to do that in your podcast app on the uh, iPhone or iPad. If you you have to search for the medical or not Medical School Headquarters, that's not our name anymore. You have to search for the pre-med years to leave a rating interview. You Can't do it from the page where you you are already subscribed. So thank you again for taking the time to leave a rating interview. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. We're here every week to support you on your journey. I'm also here to help support you on your journey for mock interview prep as we're recording this application season has just opened up to start submitting applications, and that means interviews are right around the corner. If you need help with your mock interview prep, go to medicalschoolhq.net slash mockinterviews. That's all one word, and I will show you there what you can do to get some help from me to prepare you for your mock interviews. All right. I hope you got a ton of great information out of the podcast today. And as always, I hope you join us next week here at the medical school headquarters and the pre-med years.